Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Ghosties. I'm Natalie. And I'm Macy. And as we're recording this, Puxatani Phil did not see his shadow on Groundhog Day here in the States. If you're not in the States, you might be like, <laughs> what are you talking about? But that means that we're getting an early spring. So, yay. <laughs> Allergies. <laughs> That's all I think. Yeah, well. I didn't, but now I do. I'm not ready. But in tandem with the longing for the fast approaching spring, we'll be discussing a topic that always makes me think of flowers blooming, plants thriving, and gardens, all things that come with the spring season. Fairies. It was actually suggested by one of you on our YouTube, Dasha Day, I think is how you say her name. So really appreciate the the suggestion but i was immediately interested when i saw her comment i was like okay yes adding that to the list can't wait moved it up to like one of the beginning yeah i'm interested um i don't know much of anything mm -hmm. i've come across a few tiktoks um of people like talking about like i think they call it like fey or something like that yeah. and like things in the woods like i don't know I've, I've come across some creepy things where people are like don't touch it. Don't look at it. Ah, it's fairies and fairies are going to kill you. Like, yeah. I don't know anything. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I knew next to nothing about fairies as well. Like I had read a few books. I think fairies. Oh, Ferngully. That was my favorite movie. Still, mm -hmm. one, still up there. If you haven't seen Ferngully, go watch it. It's so great. Yeah, that's a good one. But that's all I think. I think Ferngully and then what are the like Tinkerbell? Like, I don't mm -hmm. know anything. Like, is it, is it's it real? different? It might be. So they're it's just something. <laughs> I don't know because this just seems like one of those topics that's well out there. It's definitely really heavily documented in folklore mm -hmm. and very heavily studied. Uh, another thing, didn't know there was studied. extensive study in mostly in the folklore aspect of it because I mean, there's no true proof of a fairy. It's all passed on legends and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, legends have to come from somewhere so maybe there's a little bit of a yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel we'll get into it i might be convinced of something but for now beginning of the episode i don't know okay i think it's a little out there so the idea of fairies which is an extremely broad term encompassing a myriad of magical human-like creatures and cryptids has been around for centuries in the recorded world and likely even beyond that okay I had to take a more general approach to this topic as we would be sitting here for hours, maybe even days, if I actually sat here and, and discussed every culture's definition of what a fairy is. So I'll be brief, as brief as I can possibly be because of who I am. Okay. But going to do an overview of what fairies are believed to be and then get right into some fairy encounter stories because that's where, that's where it's at for me. Okay. <laughs> I love okay. the stories. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do same with y'all i hope so too because i'm still i don't know i don't know i, I don't like wanna... how this is a feeling you, you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. i don't want to say like oh it's bogus but like i don't you don't know enough i don't know to anything agree or disagree with their or believe or disbelieve i know nothing but like if you come to me in my state right now and you like we're talking about fairies i'm like why <laughs> but okay i'm keep excited an open for mind. this tea keep an open mind yeah with, with everything um also before we get going if you have any fairy encounters of your own or experiences with anything paranormal we just wanted to remind you to send it our way via email at ghosties at gmail.com we are putting together another listener stories episode because we love them mm -hmm. so send them our way and go ahead and subscribe to this channel if you haven't already share this episode too if you want to <laughs> but our tea this week is once again from republic of tea which was suggested by Wendy Weather. So I thought I'd mention that in. And we're so, so happy about it. So thank you, Wendy. This flavor is wild blueberry. Woo! I'm so excited. So let's go. Fantastic. Very good. Very good. I love it. It's very um, springtime and fits the theme. I think it's very good. I, I really like to. I really enjoyed it. I think. Republic of tea might be my new favorite kind of tea. I mean, we've I only had agree. two, but both times didn't miss. They're both really good. Yeah. Yeah. So like we usually do, I'm going to start with a story. A fairy encounter. Oh, and wait. Shout out to mom. My mom got me this mug. So I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, mine too. Thanks, mom. My little heart mug. Hers is a heart too. I don't know if you can tell, but yeah. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Early one afternoon in May, I was sitting out in my garden. The rhododendrons were in flower and it was a hot, bright, sunny day. I was very comfortable and content to listen to the birds and just relax. Unexpectedly, I became aware of the golden outline of a figure down at the bottom of my garden. 
I say outline because it was not solid, but looked as though just its outline had been drawn with golden ink. The figure shimmered and had tall wings, but mostly it was transparent, like a rough sketch. It was about three feet tall and rose up in the air a little way before descending. It did this several times. Then I saw a second winged figure, very much smaller. This was also golden, but I remember seeing a flash of blue and green. My first thought was that it was a dragonfly, but on closer observation, I saw that it flew quite differently and its shape was not that of an insect, but a small human-like figure. Next, I became aware of someone on the seat beside me, although I could not see them, but they were trying to get my attention. I could even see something pressing on my left upper arm, moving my clothing. I had a strong impression that day that I was meant to see the fairies and they were pleased about it. That is a story from the early 2000s in uh, somewhere in Wales. Three feet tall? Three feet tall. I don't like that. No. I, when You'd you be said surprised. fairies, I was thinking like, eh, you know. Like Tinkerbell. Like a few inches, yeah. like, you know, like a small little thing. Three feet makes me highly uncomfortable. And yes, me too. Because... <laughs> <laughs> And they fly around? Large. Yeah. I well, don't know. not all of them. And that's what we'll get into. Because what you think of fairies and what I always thought of fairies is not quite a fairy. Historically, within the legend and folklore of fairydom, of fae. Okay. But that is my first question going into this. What is a fairy? And to answer that question in a short one to two sentences is actually nearly impossible and requires so much nuance. But folklorist Simon Young summed it up very, fairly well in the book Magic Folk, which great book if you're interested in this. I highly recommend. He said, a simple but efficient definition is that traditional fairies are magical living resident humanoids who dwell exclusively in Britain, Ireland, and in some of the lands that British and Irish immigrants settled. But the definition really is dependent on where you are and who you talk to. There is a lot of local tradition and story behind fairies, if that's even what you want to call them. Okay, so it's specific to like certain regions so it's not just like all over the world so says this folklorist but it, there are stories everywhere okay because but i was like the def like fairy is kind of brought up mostly in traditions in like celtic and and early british yeah okay regions yeah obviously coming into this skeptical and mm -hmm. i don't really know what to say about it but hearing that it's in just one region makes it a little bit more like Okay, there could be like a a species of sorts. This okay. is going to be a roller coaster for you, just so you know. Okay, I, I don't know if I'm going to be... Don't come for me. I don't know if I can be convinced of, you know, creatures and things. I'm convinced of like the paranormal, mm -hmm. but I'm still well, on the fence. falls in the paranormal a little bit. Okay, just, I'm just going to sit save, back and... Save your um, opinions. Okay. Save your opinions okay. until you know all the facts. I don't have an opinion. That's the thing. I'm <laughs> okay. just neutral, but okay. Okay, but I'd like to say that even that broad statement doesn't do the term fairy any justice. Fairies have been spotted all over Europe and surrounding areas for centuries, specifically in British and Celtic countries. That's true. But from my understanding of the term fairy, I believe that they have been talked about and believed in much further out than even this location. The nymphs of ancient Greece who were found throughout nature could be considered something of a fairy, though they didn't use that term at that time. There were also fairy-like creatures believed before the 11th century in Persia called Puris. They were believed to be a mythical race trapped in their fairy form because of sin, and the only way that they could make it to paradise was to atone for their sins and complete penance in this form. They were winged and regarded as exuding beauty and believed in still today by some populations in southwestern Asia. That's interesting. There are also fairies in the U.S. talked amongst Native Americans, uh, particularly in the Northeast, though it's not completely known if the Native Americans were somewhat influenced by British and Irish immigrants. Uh, they nonetheless have their own versions of creatures that fit this mold of fairy, like the Pugwaji, which we'll talk about a little bit further in detail later. I don't want to get too in-depth on anything right now because I know we're at the very beginning. How come there are so many tales of like creatures and things like that back then, but we don't have any fun things like that now? We do. But, okay, but like in a hundred years, are they going to say, oh, in the 2020s, they thought da 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 da, -da was real. Who knows? Like, what? what is that of ours? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the fairy stories were trying to make sense of their surroundings. So, That's like, what strange I'm saying. things like, that happen. Yeah. It, they just like, oh, the tree fell out of nowhere. The fairies are angry. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so, or or my children fell sick. We must have done something to anger the fairies. Yes. That's what like I'm that. saying. It's like, I don't know. We, I'm sure there are things that we believe today to be fact that people a hundred years from now are going to be like, 
no. Oh, no, I, <laughs> so. I, I agree. I'm sure. But it's just like things like that. It just seems like that's why I'm open minded. Okay. Because you I don't know. know. My whole re- reality could be wrong. True. We don't know. Very true. It's all a simulation. Very true. Very, very true. <laughs> just kidding. But as I said, fairies are essentially or were and are essentially the personification of the wilds. They are generally described as magical creatures with a slight resemblance to humans and a penchant for trickery if they feel crossed. They are somewhat mysterious Me. beings. <laughs> I knew you will relate to fairies. Just maybe you are a fairy. That's why you're skeptical over here. You don't want us to find you out. No. <laughs> I always pictured I you wish. as Tinkerbell anyway. I know. That was my favorite um, like Disney Character. person growing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. But they are somewhat mysterious beings that are somewhere between human and spirit that serve a variety of functions for both humans and nature. Fae, trolls, elves, sprites, pixies, gnomes, you name it. All of these fall under the category of fairy somehow. And depending on what area of the world you're looking for your definition, you'll get a different answer to the question of what do they look like? What kind of interactions do people claim to have with them? And what kind of threat do they pose to humans? <laughs> okay. That's one thing I didn't know. Fairies are scary. <laughs> That's what I've seen on TikTok because I end up on like the, the, is it Appalachia? Is that how you say it? I think so. I end up on that side of TikTok where they're like, if you heard something, no, you didn't. If you saw something, no, you didn't. Yeah. And then it just turns into like the fairy side. So like that's all I've heard is like, don't go into the woods. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I know. Which makes sense from a survival standpoint, like back in the day. Yeah. Like don't go into the woods because the fairies are mad or possibly that you could get lost and die of natural causes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like things happening to your nature mm-hmm. or get eaten by an animal. So True. I don't know. So where did fairies come from? Once again, the origins of the fairy race have a variety of theories depending on who you talk to. There are the Shi of Ireland, who are thought to essentially be a race of supernatural beings watching over the lands, derived from the ancient deities called Tua de Danon, who came from Tir Na'og. I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm trying, okay? A place that's said to have had no disease, and everyone who lived there was perpetually young, and everything was created for joy and beauty. Sounds lovely. Ideal. My ideal living situation. They are said to look similar to humans, particularly in size. So I don't like that. As you, we talked about, when we think of fairy, we think inches, not six feet tall. Yeah, I want them to be small. I don't know. It's very intimidating. They're less threatening. Yes. Well, I mean, if they have magic, it's still... But if they're that tall and have magic, it's like... <laughs> Horrifying. I'd rather them <laughs> be nothing. Tinkerbell-sized and ruin my life than be six foot five and ruin my life. That's scary. I agree. Because of the magic, they can take on any form that suits them. So maybe they can come to you as Tinkerbell, but really they look like... Maybe they're the gray aliens that everyone sees. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. They were ruled by kings and queens, were a wealthy race that often had dancing and music in their grand halls where they lived underground. This is the base of my understanding of fairies. Human-like in appearance, but possessing some kind of magic and connection with nature. That's what I think of. Okay. Well, I always thought smaller, though. Yes. There are thoughts that the fairies are like elemental spirits here to protect nature and the lands that they inhabit. Maybe they're spirits of the dead with unfinished business here on Earth. Is it possible that all the ghost stories we tell are just fairies? They're all one and the same? Meh. Some people believe. Some even believe that fairies were the spirits of pagans who passed away before they could hear the word of Christ. And uh, even possibly that they were the spirits of unbaptized children who were too good to go to hell but couldn't get into heaven because they were unbaptized. (gasps) That's really sad. It is really sad. Some also believe that fairies were fallen angels. So when Satan and his demons were locked out of heaven and ended up in hell, the angels that were on earth at the time became fairies. So... They're not quite angels from heaven, but they're not bad enough to be a demon. Aren't biblically accurate angels like 17,000 eyes and some feathers? I don't know. Isn't that what they <laughs> say? It's just like a bunch of that. eyes. Horrifying, I, by the way. Yes, Horrifying. I agree. I agree. The depictions I've seen. I like to think of them as the like fairy-like. The, the little figurines that yes. you buy at like the Bible store. Mm-hmm. Yes. Eye. Not eyes. Just a monstrosity yes that's yes so them being not quite angels but not quite demons can kind of explain the propensity to help humans but also have a mischievous side so that makes a little sense to Mm -hmm. me i guess but this kind of theory came around when christianity started spreading through the area so to make sense of it with the religion they kind of like maybe they're just angels then of course there is the idea that all fairies are just demons or some kind of evil spirit from the spirit realm personally I like to think that the fairies are some kind of nature spirit. Yeah. Some kind of something put on earth to 
help along the world. I think that's what I would want. I think that's a nicer idea in my mind. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I want. I don't know if that's what it is, but I just think they're like, dealing with the flowers and the trees. Again, Fern Gully. Yes. I'm just, that's that's my hope and my idea. I just don't like the idea of just demons crawling in every square inch of our earth, so... I'm going to keep it with nature spirit. Yeah. <laughs> in my mind. Me too. So, as I mentioned, there are different types of fairies. To start, in Scotland and in various other cultures and traditions, there are said to be two classes of fairies. There is the Seely Court, who are beautiful and seek to help humans in need. They're usually described as more beautiful and vibrant, and they'll often find humans for favors, only to repay them with blessings and wishes. Then, there is the Unseely Court. <laughs> they are fairies who seek to harm humans, mostly. They have no interest in friendship and are ugly and cruel and just evil. <laughs> um, they can perform dark magic and harm humans for entertainment, which is just ominous. Yeah. <laughs> Among these courts, there are three types of fairies. Trooping fairies, who are uh, those who live together and form communities. Your I like dream. that one. <laughs> I was going to say, that's like, I'm going to be a trooping fairy. <laughs> Solitary fairies, or those that prefer to live and go about their days alone and are often more of tricksters. Kayla. I was going to say your dream. <laughs> and domesticated fairies, or those that live in human households and trade help around the home for small amounts of food and lodging. Me coming into your pantry every day. <laughs> every time Natalie enters my house, she goes straight to my pantry just to see what kind of food I have. See what kind of snacks. And, and most like of goes the time. Yeah. Day. Most of the time it's nothing. Or it's the same thing that I saw the day before. But I just have to check. I don't know what it is, but I just have to look. I don't know. (laughs) So for the trooping fairies, the she that I mentioned before fall under this category, as well as several other races of fairy, including pixies. These are common in the UK and also live underground in mounds and in stone circles. Pixies are small and sometimes depicted with wings. Um, Side note, wings were not a common characteristic of fairies until around the 1700s. Fairies did not have wings for a very long time. So they were just people? Magical spirits. Okay. Of some kind. They were they were a different race. Hmm. Yeah, and instead of having wings to fly, they flew by magic or on the backs of birds. Or like on small like plants flowing from Aww. the wind. Okay, that's cute. Until they're like going to war and like have swords <laughs> in their hands like battling other pixies on birds. I don't know. That's what I picture. I still like it. <laughs> they live in communities and are never seen alone and are often heard by humans singing, dancing, and playing games. There are some who say if you give a pixie new clothes to replace the rags that they are usually seen wearing, they will befriend you, which I like that. Sounds like like Dobby, the elf to me. Yeah, that's cute. In the summer of 2005, at a friend's home in Chicora, Pennsylvania, a man called J.F., that's the name he used, may have had an encounter with a pixie. He and his girlfriend and several other friends were having a relaxing evening watching the sunset behind the house that sat up against densely wooded area. It was nearly dark out with the deck lit by only a single light when the group heard a noise coming from a plant sitting nearby. Thinking it may have just been a bug or a small animal of some kind, they didn't pay much mind to it until it shot into the sky above the plant. The unknown creature was 12 inches tall and had a humanoid appearance apart from the large wings and pointy ears, and it had a light green glow coming from around its body. Oh, cute. It paused for just a moment in midair, then its bat-like wings opened up and began to flutter across the deck, quickly disappearing into the woods, leaving, leaving everyone in silent shock at having witnessed a fairy in action. That would horrify me. I would be like, well, gotta go. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here, never coming back. It all sounds like, you know, cute and fun, but thinking reality, of that really happening, I'd have to be checked in somewhere. I'd have to be a patient of some kind. Particularly if I saw it alone. Like, oh. If I were alone, I'd be like, Please help. (laughs) If everyone in the group saw it, I'd be like, time for bed. I had a teacher one time that, and this is just what I I would do. Um, She said she had to go into, she had to walk through a cemetery to get to somewhere because there was a cemetery on their property. Mm -hmm. And she was walking through and she was scared. So she was just like, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. (laughs) Like the whole time walking through the cemetery. And that would be me the whole way home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would just sit down and rock back and forth and sing because what? Yeah, that's it's honestly pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I, I wouldn't look at it and be like oh, a fairy. I no, I would lose my mind, especially because fairies aren't like super big in our culture, like here in America. Yeah, it's not really talked about too much Mm-mm. until really social media. Yeah, well, or, at least not in which our region then, of the states. Yeah, which even then, that's like very very niche. I feel like like 
I always end up there. So well, I don't yes, know. but like that's because <laughs> you are who you are. But just like, like, like Kayla, probably never encountered She's a fairy. Like, what are you talking feed? about? Hi, Kayla. <laughs> so a type of fairy that I never thought fell into the category of fairy is a leprechaun. Oh, I was gonna say that, yeah. and when you said something about Ireland, but I didn't know if like. It's gonna sound dumb if like leprechauns were like offensive or something i don't know because yeah. like i don't know what they are or if it's like a Some something that people just say about like irish people or something no. i don't know some kind of mythical creature yeah know. i don't know and so i was gonna say that earlier but i was just like i don't know if this falls into the the realm of what we're talking about or if it's just completely like left field but okay yeah I'm glad you brought it up i'm glad i did too now <laughs> for your peace like, of mind the only exposure i've ever had with leprechauns is the decorations or St. Patrick's Day, mm -hmm. and the Disney movie, The Luck of the Irish. Mm -hmm. That's all I know, mm -hmm. or, or previously. I've, Me too. I've colored many uh, coloring pages with leprechauns <laughs> in school, but too. that's about it. So they are solitary in their day-to-day -day and are apparently cobblers, which is an interesting profession for a leprechaun, <laughs> and they're typically mischievous. There is lore that says leprechauns are born to a degenerate fairy mother and have an evil spirit for a father. They are about three feet tall. I know, <laughs> like a wild lineage. <laughs> <laughs> they are about three feet tall, and prior to the 20th century, they actually wore red coats rather than the green coats that they're depicted in wearing today. What's with the, the change? Um, someone wrote it in a poem or, or of some kind, and everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. Green. And just, yeah, now they wear green. See, I don't like that. They just rewrote Some say history. that fairies who wear red are solitary fairies, and fairies who wear green are more trooping fairies. Interesting. Which I, I thought was a cool little tidbit. Okay. So if you catch a leprechaun, they will show you the location of their gold their bar that they've buried somewhere. Though they will always try to trick you as, as best as they can. So never trust a leprechaun. That's what I've always heard. But that's also <clears throat> like, again, if I saw something like that... I would not be. I wouldn't be like, show me your gold. No, <laughs> like, I like, could like, go away. Sir. Yeah. So I read one story of a farmer who caught a leprechaun who showed him the way to his treasure. The farmer told the leprechaun that he would need to come back with him uh, so he could go get his shovel. But wanting to be off and away from the human, the leprechaun told the farmer just to mark the location with his hat. Just like, put your hat down. Here it is. Now you could remember. And they split ways. Doing so, the farmer left the creature to go and return to his home to retrieve the shovel. When he returned, however, he found a field full of hats that looked just <laughs> like the one he was wearing uh, that he left to mark the spot of the buried gold. He spent his days digging for hours in each location, never finding the gold promised to him. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> it's not sad. He captured him. It's not his gold. It's the leprechaun's gold. True. So True. he deserved it. Okay. Well, I wasn't on his side, but now I am. <laughs> You've convinced me. Another Irish fairy belonging in the solitary category is the Banshee which comes from the Gaelic word meaning woman from the fairy mound. I know you've heard of banshees before, right? On Halloween Town. The banshee appears to Irish families when a loved one has died. She can be old or young, but is always crying with swollen red eyes and a oh. ghostly complexion. And just a loud, blood-curdling scream cry is just gut-wrenching. Oh my god. There is a theory that banshees are the spirits of women who died a brutal death. And if she was mistreated by their family, she sticks around waiting for all of those she hates to die with her. Which I kind of like. Me. But it's also still scary. Because <laughs> I say it like every episode, like I will be haunting if I come to a brutal end and just... You will be a banshee. Yep. You'll become a banshee. Yep. Okay. I'll remember that. <laughs> it was said that the person who is going to die will hear the keening of the banshee days before their death. So they're the first ones to hear it. And then after they die, their family sees and hears the banshee. That's eerie. That is so scary. Like, what a way to find out that your loved one has passed on. Just by Screaming? screams, <laughs> of cries from a spirit. It's dark, man. So I said we'd talk about it, but there are fairies here in the United States. And the story stays the same over here. They're all kind of similar. There are a variety of creatures deemed fairies that are human-like, sometimes even human mixed with animal looking. But they're smaller and seem to have some sort of magical ability or quality to them. They have also been known to help humans, but will pull pranks or even harm you if they feel like it. Just if they have a perceived slight, it's a like, bored. Just... I, I'm done with you. <laughs> One such fairy that belongs on the solitary list is the Pugwaji. They are smaller, troll-like creatures that reside mostly in New England, who are mentioned in the stories and legends of some of the Native American tribes that lived in this area of the country. Some believe they are harmless, unless provoked, uh, and there have been many sightings, particularly in Massachusetts. 
even recently. There have been so many people claiming to have seen a Pugwudgie near Freetown State Forest that there is a Pugwudgie crossing sign on the road nearby. What? I, I mean, cute. I don't know if that's actually because so many reported it or they're just like, oh, the Pugwudgie lives here. You know, like, yeah, but, but um, it's still cute. Doesn't uh, Massachusetts, scary. that's like Salem. Mm -hmm. So they already have some like witchy and interesting stuff going on. So I believe it. I'm on board. I have a couple of stories of Pugwudgies. While a family was out enjoying nature in the Great Bay National Wildlife Refuge in Newington, New Hampshire, a four-year-old boy ran up to his father to exclaim, I saw a little man over there. He had a basket of candy around his neck, and he wanted me to reach in and take some. But I said no, and that I had to come back to talk to you. Jesus Christ. Immediately, I thought true crime. Because <laughs> what? The father was obviously concerned and went with the boy to find what or who he could have seen. But there was no sign of a small gray man in the area because the child said he was gray that's when he realized that there had been many sightings of pugwudgies in the area over the years and told his child to stay close until they left the park what do they want was he gonna snatch him maybe oh my god it's very possible that's scary and there was another story that i read of a woman who was walking her dog near freetown state forest which is i believe where the i said the pugwudgie sign is she came across a small hairy creature that just stood there and stared at her she and her dog, both being a little frightened, just turned around and left the wooded area and returned home. I was about to say, that's just going to the bar. <laughs> that's just going out. Just in general, out in public. Well, I couldn't imagine coming across that in the forest. I just, like, they just walked up and just stared at each other and just like, uh... I'm gonna go this way. Okay. Goodbye. For the next several days, she continued to see the creature steadily showing up closer and closer to her house. Mm -mm. Three nights later, she was woken in the middle of the night to a sound outside her window. And when she looked out there, the Pugwudgie was standing there staring at her through the window. <laughs> How tall are they? Um, like two or three feet. Oh my I think. god. It followed her home. It followed. It knows where she lives. I don't like it. No. I don't like it anymore. Me neither. I was making jokes, but that I don't like it. That one made me sweat. Yeah, I, I know. I knew that story. Ew. There were also many other types of fairies believed by the Native Americans, just endless amounts. One including the Yunwi Junsti. Sorry. <laughs> or little people of the native uh of the Cherokee tribe. I, I don't speak Cherokee. I don't speak any language. But <laughs> Not even English. English. Barely. <laughs> These were small humanoid nature spirits that were usually invisible, like the British and Irish fairies but could reveal themselves to humans if they wanted to. They were typically benevolent, but would punish anyone who disrespected them or their homes. Again, though, it's not entirely clear whether the Native Americans were inspired by tales of immigrants or if the little people were already a tribal legend and tradition before America was colonized. Mm -hmm. Then there are the domesticated fairies. They are some of my favorite fairies because I'd love to have a little house elf like Dobby or something Aww. running around cleaning my house while I slept. Like... That's ideal. Wake mm -hmm. up and all the toys are put away. As long as I knew it was there. <laughs> I, was say, I don't know. I don't know. That's a little sketch. The three kinds of fairies that were common in folklore were the brownies, boggarts, and hobgoblins. I like the word hobgoblin. Wait, that's real? Yep. I've heard that word before. Hobgoblin? But I, yeah. I've heard that On as like a... Carly? Like... An insult? insult? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was a real thing. They are real. They were truly a talked about it's a it's a thing <laughs> yeah, it's not it's a made-up word yes interesting so brownies were very small in stature and would come out at night while everyone is asleep to uh perform household tasks and chores in exchange for small payment like food or drink they love things like cake milk cream and people would leave small amounts for them at night just Aww. like thanks for the help that's cute they like live symbiotically they were seen as a sign of prosperity in the household but they were very unpredictable side note I remember a movie called Brownies, or, or something like it, about a little family who were like just these little tiny people who live like in mouse holes and stuff in houses, and cleaned and took like little buttons and little things from them. Am I, is this a fever dream? I don't know. Maybe I, I like, don't know. Anytime I did see like a cartoon though with like the little cutouts in the baseboards, I always wanted to live in one as, a, as like a little thing, as like a little mouse. I always wanted to. We looked it up. It's called The Borrowers. Watch it. 1997. John Goodman. Good movie. Great movie. Anyway, so they're unpredictable. If they encounter any sort of perceived slight or change in their surroundings uh, in the home, so if you just like change up, maybe like feng shui your furniture, they get irritated. And then they'll leave, either leave your home or they'll turn into a boggart. 
Now, I know Boggart from Harry Potter, which is like the thing that turns into whatever you're afraid of. Mm. This is a different Boggart. A Boggart is an evil spirit that will attach itself to a family and follow it wherever they flee. If they want <laughs> flee? to flee. They will strip beds of, uh, of their sheets, cause food to go bad, make people in the household get sick, destroy clean homes, and most ominously, you'll love this, crawl into the beds at night and place a clammy hand upon the sleeper's <laughs> face. <laughs> Isn't that frightening? I'm going to be so honest. All of these things just sound like me. Like <laughs> in the clammy hands. Right now, I'm always TMI. My hands are always sweating. My hands are sweating right now. That's hilarious. Oh my, I can't even so, laugh. Natalie's a boggart. I can't even laugh because every little creature that you're describing, I'm just like, yeah, me too. Relatable. <laughs> Am I just a little creature? I, by the end of this, we'll know Natalie is a fairy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm scared. Well, then <laughs> I won't do any of these things just in case. So if you I'm hang scared. a horseshoe over your door and sprinkle salt outside, it'll keep the boggarts away. So I'll know if I hang a horseshoe <laughs> over my door, you won't be able to come in. Oh my God. Lastly are the hobgoblins. And they're just like brownies as they perform household chores like dusting or ironing while people are sleeping. But they are much more mischievous, pulling pranks on people living in the home and can be a bit meaner than a brownie. Just a brownie, but rude. Here is a story of what someone believed was a brownie in their home. I think I was about seven because it was after we'd moved houses, but before my brother was born. I was in bed. The headboard was partially over the window as it was a small room. The curtains were thin fabric, pale in color, with a snazzy 1980s geometric print. The orange streetlight outside threw the shade of the window frame onto the back of the curtains. I was lying in my bed looking up at it when the curtain started twitching. As I watched, the silhouette of a tiny human figure, probably a little smaller than my adult hand, began climbing up the inside of the curtain. I don't know where it went because as it went higher and it moved out of the orange squares of the streetlights, it disappeared into the shadows. I suppose it could have been a dream, but I remember the scritch scratch on the fabric of the curtains, the way the curtains pulled, and the way shadows on the folds grew and shrank. It's always been far too clear to be a dream. I don't have many childhood memories. Lots of them are fuzzy and disjointed, but that one is clearer than most. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't. I don't like the the thought of like the sound of it crawling up. That's a little freaky. Well, he also went on to say that um, his mom was like heavily pregnant when they moved in, and it was probably fleeing away from the idea of living with a screaming baby. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Okay, valid. All of the things I mentioned today, they're all different. They all have their little things. But but in general, what most fairies have in common is that they all come from the wild and have a connection to nature. This could explain why a belief in fairies became prominent around the time of the Industrial Revolution, when people were just longing for a slow and more natural life. And could even explain why fairies have become extremely popular again in, in books and, and media more recent years. Because I feel like there's like a shift going on right now where a lot of people, or maybe it's just because my feed because of who i am no we hate a lot working. of people are like not working oh. just want a more simpler life and like back into nature oh yeah yeah i can see that my feed is full of just homestead people well yes mine so. is not but um yeah i can see that and there are a lot of a lot of fairy books right now i've read a few but their connection to nature is a driving force for what they do and they are very protective over their lands they remain invisible and living with another within another realm uh, the realm of the fae but can allow you the fairy sight if it suits them while they protect their land or if they are receiving help from humans. Hmm. Here's a story. This one comes from Alaska. So, in the States again. Weird stuff going on out there. I believe it. At the time, I worked for a crew fighting wildfires in the Alaskan interior forests. As we were cutting line around the fire, it began to rain a bit, and for the most part, the fire was controlled but still not contained. It is our job to cut line around the entire fire to eliminate any chance of it drying up and spreading. So it was a low adrenaline, regular run-of-the-mill day at work. My saw partner and I would each run the saw till the tank ran out and switch. As I was cutting down these trees about 2 to 3 inches wide and 10 to 15 feet tall, I went to cut into the bottom of a one, and right before my eyes, the tree shrunk down and a not-so-handsome little man about a foot tall with a beard and many wrinkles on his face stared up at me and screamed, No! My hands held steady, the saw that vibrated from the motor, and my eyes widened large. My partner later told me, even through the string-protected lenses, he could tell something was amiss. He yelled my name with no response as I stood stiff. That's what I probably would have. I was just like, <laughs> like uh. You're meaning the Lorax? What are you supposed to do? <laughs> 
He shook my shoulder. Then my partner, a seasoned veteran and paramedic, shut off the saw and again asked me what happened. I still stay stiff until he turns me, grabbing both shoulders, and tells me to take a seat. For 15 minutes, he tries to get what happened out of me. How could I tell this man who trusts me with his life what I saw? You can't. No. No. <laughs> Finally, he says he will have to call our crew supervisor. I turn to him and say, I saw an elf. <laughs> he looks at me and just shakes his head in full acceptance. I look puzzled. I say, you saw it too? He says, no. I say, what? Trying to read his mind. Others on the crew have seen them? He nods his head yes. Understanding this, I keep silent and continue about my day. I nor the other cr others on the crew were ready to share and hold their truth about this possibility of fallout that could have occurred. What? So all these people <laughs> cutting trees down in the forest of Alaska see these elves and they're just like, okay. And just don't tell anyone because that's crazy. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. That's really actually kind of sad they're just cutting down these elves like do they live in the trees i guess yeah that's yeah that's sad wow he gave him the fairy sight like please don't cut down my home Aww. yeah it's really sad and really scary i don't that's i would really probably scary. quit oh yeah on the spot like i probably would have reacted exactly how he did just like froze up and like no. sat down just like mm, had no <laughs> words yeah. like i i i saw an elf <laughs> he yelled at me <laughs> he yelled at me <laughs> Wow. And it's just wild that they're all seeing it. Like, the guy's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, Nothing new here. No reaction. That's insane. I like that story a lot. Me too. So there were many stories that I came across of, of people gaining fairy sight one way or another. One of them being a maid unknowingly working for a fairy family because of the glamour that was being used by the fairies. She was given some kind of medicine to tend to the sick child when the maid accidentally got some of the medicine in one of her eyes and then she was able to see through the fairy magic and realized who she had been working for this whole time. What? Once the fairies found out that she could truly see them, they blinded her in that eye and she never saw the family again. What? They're like, we've been made. And just like... <laughs> so the medicine that she was supposed to give to the sick fairy child, which she didn't know was a fairy child, like she spilled a little and like a drop like splashed into her eye and it gave her fairy sight. And, and she, she could see that they were fairies? She could see that she had been working for fairies the whole time. She didn't know. She was like oh, under some like, kind of spell. There's yeah. like human sized. Yeah. Oh, whoa. That's interesting. I like how they're just like completely blinded her. Like know, there's no so other evil. solution. They're just like. They could have just disappeared. Well, then she'd be able to see all fairies everywhere. Mm. Okay. Valid. Keeping their secrets. There are also stories of people happening upon fairies by stepping into fairy rings or other fairy places such as fairy hills, caves, forts, trees, and paths. There are lots of fairy things. These fairy places acted as doors or portals to the fairy realm and can sometimes allow a human a glimpse into the life of the fae at certain times of the year if you look carefully. Fairy rings are said to be rings made of, on the forest and woodland floors by fairies dancing in circles like at night. Those, I've like, seen that. Little parties. Yeah. But really, we know now that they're just a formation of fungus that naturally grows in those climates, so <laughs> not really. Um, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe they grow there because the fairies cause the fungus to grow. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Who am I to say? Some say if you walk nine times around a fairy ring, or in some cases, just step inside of one, you may enter the fairy realm. So you're just completely into another dimension. Can you get out? Who Not knows? always. I mean, who knows? Though this seems pretty cool. Humans who enter the fairy realm and those who particularly eat and drink their food or hear their music can be stuck in there forever and just never be able to get back home unless the fairies are inclined to help you in some way. Interesting. Like this story. So this is a, a story written in a newspaper in Iowa in the late 1800s. It was the Des Moines Register, actually, called The Disappearance of Kitty Crow, Stolen by the Fairies, a Marvelous Story That Comes from the Bounding West. Andy Crow is a well-known and prosperous farmer living in Center Township. Some years ago, he had a daughter, the sole remaining member of his family living at home. The girl just approaching womanhood was afflicted with a strange malady and baffled the skills of physicians. He finally concluded to take the girl to Father Bernard of the new Mellory Ma Monastery, that was a tongue twister for me, who on account of his well-known piety and self-abnegation had established quite a reputation far and wide as a restorer to health of persons afflicted with physical or mental diseases. The good father prayed over the girl and prescribed medicines for her cure. On her way home from the monastery, the girl told her father that all that was done for her by Father Bernard would not help her in the least and that she would go away in a year from that time to live with the fairies. Which, by the way, some people 
claim like after the loved ones passed like they didn't really pass they just went to live with the fairies her father paid no attention to what the girl said in fact he forgot all about it until just a year from that night he woke up in the morning and found his daughter gone a candle was burning in her room and all her clothes were left behind except one calico dress on reporting her disappearance and what the girl had told him the neighbors became very suspicious and charged the old man with making away with her the neighboring creek was dragged for her body in the woods and fields subjected to a close search but no trace of the girl uh, missing girl was found in just a year from her disappearance she returned home and related a wonderful tale regarding her absence she said she had been off with the fairies with whom she had lived in the most splendid style they had everything that a heart could desire and spent their time uh, traveling incognito over the country she had traveled with them and rode in cars invisible to mortal eyes the fairies had heard of the suspicious attaching to her father on account of her disappearance and at their command she had returned home to clear up the old gentleman a grand feast was held in honor of her return which was attended by all the neighbors to whom she related her wonderful experience two days later she went to visit her sister who is married to a man named james hayes a teamster residing on 13th street on the third day after coming to uh, her sister's home she came downstairs and informed mrs hayes that she had to go that two of the fairies had come for her and they were now upstairs so her sister followed her upstairs and there to her amazement she saw two strange looking beings resembling men dressed in anti antiquated black costumes with them the girl left the house mrs hayes followed them to the door and watched them go up the street when after going half a block all three suddenly disappeared in the air since which nothing has ever been heard of from the missing girl such is the story that has been reportedly told by andy crow always with tearful eyes and impassioned voice and most of the neighbors many of whom are well posted in legendary tales regarding the fairies in ireland implicitly believe the same whoa so she got lost into the fairy world or was taken <laughs> heard her dad was being accused of her demise came back because the fairies were like hey gotta clear Go things fix up it. yeah told them like i've been living the greatest life and then just and I'm gonna go back. Poof. Goodbye. And this is in a newspaper. It was in a newspaper or some kind of uh yeah news publication. Very intriguing. Yeah. Well, I thought so. Fairy forts, or what were thought to be fairy forts, or something that can be explained away as we now assume that they were just remains of an ancient circular settlement in places like Ireland. Fairy paths, however, are something that intrigues me greatly. So fairy paths are routes traveled by fairies when they are moving between what they call rafts, so like their homes. They are to be avoided so that you do not get in their way and make them their their trick harder for them, basically. And it's even unlucky to make noise or speak profanely along one of these paths. If people were planning to build a home, they would often consult fairy doctors who had extensive knowledge of the fairies to make sure that they didn't build one near a fairy path. And if people had plans to build their home through one of these, uh, they would often have their front door and back door aligned. So at night, they could just open them up <laughs> and let the fairies pass through their home. Oh, my God. There are even instances of people who had their house built on a fairy path, but like a corner jutted out into the path. So they just like cut off the corner and had like a <laughs> misshapen, weird spot in their home just not to go through the fairy path. That's really crazy. I think it's funny. I mean, that's, I mean, oh, it's like, cool, cool. But like, that's crazy. Because like, okay, okay. Continue. So... You shouldn't get the way of fairy paths, but you just should never mess with anything associated with a fairy. It mm -hmm. can be very dangerous. There's one story of a farmer who half destroyed a hawthorn tree, often regarded as fairy trees, and suffered great misfortune following this day. It is said that fairies proceeded to kill all of his cattle, <laughs> then his whole family, and once he was left penniless and in complete despair, he was evicted from his land. <laughs> they are vengeful. They don't mess around. No. A second family moved onto the land, but made the mistake of chopping off a single limb from the tree, the same tree. The culprit then had to suffer through a broken arm and a case of insanity and eventually moved away as well. Oh my god. The third family to move to the land accidentally knocked the tree down while quarrying limestone, but out of fear, attempted to lift the, the tree back up. Lucky for the family, the fairies realized that it was all an accident and only killed two of their cattle and condemned the farmer to a life of poverty. And that was lucky. Oh my god. They are vengeful. I mean, yeah. Just stay out of their way, basically. <laughs> in fact, there were a lot of things done uh, by people to keep them from disturbing or annoying the fairies, and plenty of stories of people's superstitions to avoid fairies entirely. 
there was a lot of fear surrounding fairies for good reason, obviously, stories like that. Yeah. And the damage that they could cause to one's life. So dealing with the fairies was often feared and eventually was seen as a form of witchcraft, which could get you executed. There were um, instances of people like being executed for like consorting with fairies. One way that people have uh, always tried to avoid encounters with fairies is by not calling them by their names. Even the term fairy could anger the fae as they don't like to be referred to at all. Like just don't refer to me. <laughs> Don't so think what are me. we doing? Well, we don't live in Ireland. Okay. So I figure okay. we're safe. <laughs> to say, if they're killing people, why are we just fairy, 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 fairy? I don't, well, I'm not I don't comfortable. Know. Then I'll, I'll stop using the term. No, it's okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> but what? Many people use the term good people, good folk, or the gentry, and, and hmm. so on, so that fairies, the good people, wouldn't become <laughs> enraged at humans speaking of them. If people heard distant music and dancing or the hum of fairies speaking, they would avoid the areas to not be blasted or shot by these people because <laughs> there's a thing called like fairy blast or, or fairy shot that it's like a little hole that goes into your skin and becomes infected and i don't know what the like real life thing is for that <laughs> like if there's like a like actual disease something, or something in medicine that can cause that but yeah you could get shot by a fairy <laughs> very interesting even worse get kidnapped by the fairies because they will take you many unusual events happening in irish countryside were blamed on the wrath of the fairies even the potato famine was what? believed to be like the fairies were just really mad at the no Irish. potatoes. Yep. And caused just destruction <laughs> for Irish farmers. So it was best to do all things right by nature and to stay far away from any location that was known to be inhabited by these folk. If you ever caught a glimpse of a fairy wind or a flurry of circling wind and leaves, which I'm sure you've seen, like they're like the little mini tornadoes. Yeah. Um, that is said to be how some uh, fairies traveled. So cute. it's best to bow your head and wish the good folk a safe journey and maybe even say a prayer for protection for yourself. <laughs> I mentioned that people could be taken by the fairies and getting caught in a fairy wind is one of the ways in which you can be swept away to the fairy realm. Some believe that if you were to kick up or throw the dirt or gravel from beneath your feet into the fairy wind, you could release a human that may be trapped there. So you just like throw it up and they're invisible and then just like fall from the sky, from the okay. fairy wind. Okay. It's getting a little you out there. You release them. <laughs> okay. Interesting, but okay. I just thought that was cute. That's cute, and but a little scary. Yeah. The most menacing action connected to fairies was the kidnapping of children or even adults and the replacement with a changeling. What? Fairies would sometimes come into the homes of an infant and take the baby for themselves, either as punishment for something the humans had done to slight them or uh, because they just wished for a healthy and beautiful baby to raise. They would often replace the baby with a changeling. So a changeling was maybe some say a fairy child. Um, but was often strange and oafish in appearance and could even um, have some kind of deformity and look a, just a little bit off. There is another theory that changelings, changelings are the offspring of fairies and elves. So they're just like this mixed breed of creature. Like a hybrid creature. Interesting. This is terrifying to me. Yeah, but like... This is of my nightmares. Okay. There are a few reported ways to get your child back, some more sinister than others. You could get the changeling to laugh, some say. Um, but worse, you could severely mistreat the changeling and the fairies would feel so bad for it, they would return uh, your child and rescue the changeling. As you can imagine, the belief was pretty horrendous and was possibly an excuse for child abuse. I was about so, to say just abuse. Yes, basically. Here is a story that uh, came from the same book that I read, Magic Folk. An account of this nature I had from a woman to whose offspring the fairies seemed to have taken a peculiar fancy. The fourth or fifth night after she was delivered of her child, the family were alarmed with the most terrible cry of fire, on which everybody ran out of, the, out of the house to see whence it proceeded, not expecting the nurse, who being as much frightened as the others, made one of the number. The poor woman lay trembling in her bed, alone, unable to help herself, and her back being turned to the infant, saw not that it was taken away by an invisible hand. Those who left her, having inquired about the neighborhood and finding there was no cause for the outcry uh, they had heard, laughed at each other for the mistake. As they were going to re-enter the house, the poor baby lay on the threshold and by its cries preserved itself from being trod upon. This exceedingly amazed all that saw it and the mother being still in bed, they could ascribe no reason of finding it there. But having been removed by fairies, who by their sudden return had been prevented from carrying it any further. So they snatched the baby and they're like, oh, we're caught. So they just left it there? Yes. So like so one of the fairies like cried out fire and like everyone left except the mom and baby who uh, and weren't able to. they just left the mom and baby. They all just ran out 
forgetting that I guess there was a baby in there and then they're like oh no one's here and they walk up and the yeah the baby was just oh laying at the God. threshold that was almost taken away that's really scary but also shame on them yes they just left the mom and the baby like good there's luck. like a nurse there to help <laughs> she's just like ah fire horrible that's scary there are many stories of adults being taken by fairies as well either as a form of punishment or for you to marry into their families sometimes um or maybe even to take care of and a nurse a fairy child a la peter pan and wendy hmm. oftentimes an enchanted log would be left in their place um, and it would transform to look like you but would quickly become sick and pass away in your stead one actual story reported in ireland in 1895 tells of a man who killed his wife believing that his true wife had been taken by the fairies and this was a replacement. What? So, Bridget Cleary had become sick and was dying after being diagnosed with bronchitis. Michael Cleary, her husband, was convinced and eventually convinced Bridget's own family that there was no way this sickly being was Bridget that they knew and loved. So they threw her into the fireplace, which a, a common tactic to get fairies to bring back your loved one was to throw the enchanted log into the fireplace or the changeling and it would shoot up into the chimney and out into the sky and the fairies would bring back your loved one. Oh my god. Um, that didn't happen. Well. And she, however, did not return uh, because Bridget was not taken by the fairies and she passed away. See, that's... Wild. Yeah, I don't really have words because what? I just, like, only thing I can think of is, like, in his grief, he was like, this can't be This her. can't be my only last, my last chance of getting her is to throw her into a fireplace i That's i don't know horrible. i can't i can't That's make sense horrible. of it while getting kidnapped by the fairies was probably one of the worst fates for people there were other ways that fairies could let you know that they were angered with you or really just to mess with you for fun you could become fairy touched or pixie led while out on your travels you could be traveling on a road well known to you when suddenly you're lost and not sure where you are you will continue to travel in a state of confusion until you can come to your own senses or somebody is able to rescue you out of it there was actually a court case in 1880 detailing one man's experience of being pixie-led. What? And it's really interesting. Here, the plaintiff sought to recover the amount of Summer's wages. The reason assigned for the detention of the money appeared to be that the plaintiff was absent from Hickey's service, without leave, for about 13 days. Hmm. This was accounted for by the plaintiff, who contended that he left his home two hours before dawn for the purpose of going to work, and that all he remembered was seeing a funeral when he lost his senses and was carried away by the fairies. A witness deposed that he discovered the plaintiff three days afterwards, lying speechless on the ground. The defendant did not deny the allegation concerning the interference of the fairies, but submitted that the lost time should be made up. Judgment for plaintiff for amount sued uh, for, with the exception of some cash admitted to have been received. So he went into court because his, his employer was like, he just didn't show up for 13 days. I had already paid him. He needs to pay me back. Yeah. He's like, I was taken by the fairies. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And the, and the guy was like, cool you might have been cool i believe that you still owe me money <laughs> like put into court record the okay but the fact that he wasn't like bs no 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 he was just like yeah you were cool but i need my money that's crazy yes. <laughs> I think that's so crazy funny. there's another story um from a letter to the transactions of the devonshire association of a woman named mrs g herbert who was able to break herself out of the trance but uh, brought on by the fairies so in 1925, a then 35-year-old Mrs. Herbert was riding a horse on the moors of Dartmoor one sunny day. She knew these moors like the back of her hand and was in a well-traveled area when she inexplicably lost her way. She knew the landmarks and places around her, yet was utterly unable to decide which way to go. Realizing that she was likely being confused by pixies playing with her, Herbert took action, turning her pockets inside out as a powerful charm against fairy magic. <laughs> this did the trick. Everything around her became familiar again, and she was able to ride home safely. Turning her pockets inside out? There were many superstitions and charms used to avoid fairies if you uh, had traveled through an area known to be inhabited by fairies, or just had the misfortune of coming across one. The fae hated fire, salt, iron, and luckily, the Christian religion. So <laughs> you could carry any of these or say some prayers of protection uh, to keep yourself uh, safe on your way. You could also wear your clothes inside out, your pockets inside out. <laughs> Carry four-leaf clovers or carry bread in your pocket. Bread. So a slice of homemade bread in your pocket could keep the fairies at bay, apparently. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I like it, though. Sure. Belief in fairies was persistent and widely held by people of all statuses. One such believer was English poet and artist William Blake. I've personally read some of his work, and it's fun to see people you know and have enjoyed their work. 
have a belief yeah. in things like this. Like, I, I just love things like that. Yeah. Blake claimed to have secretly held witness to a fairy funeral sometime in the summer between 1800 and 1803. He spoke to a fellow guest at a dinner he was attending discussing the encounter, saying, Did you ever see a fairy's funeral, madam? Never, sir, she said. Blake goes on to tell of the experience he had the night prior, saying, There was great stillness among the branches and flowers, and more than common sweetness in the air. I heard a low and pleasant sound, and I knew not whence it came. At last I saw the broad leaf of a flower move, and underneath I saw a procession of creatures of the color and size of green and gray grasshoppers, bearing a body laid out on a roast leaf, Aww. which they buried with songs and then disappeared. It was a fairy funeral. That's really cute. I think that's really cute, too. See, it's only cute when they're really, really tiny. Like, if you saw a, a massive amount of large people doing the same thing. It's like, what are they doing, like, out in the woods? But if they're, like, a couple inches tall, I'm like, aww. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Another person you may know uh, that had a keen interest in fairies was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, hmm. the author of Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. He had a deeply invested curiosity for fairies and was taken in by possibly one of the greatest fairy hoaxes to ever come about. Bet you didn't know there was a fairy hoax. I did not. It was quite the scandal. Two young cousins from Cottingley in England, 16-year-old Elsie Wright and 9-year-old Francis Griffiths, had captured a series of images of fairies near their home in 1917. There were five pictures in all, and they took the fairy community by storm. They became so widely known that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle spoke to the two girls personally to suss out whether the photos were somehow faked. The girls insisted that they were real and convinced everyone of their authenticity. Unfortunately, in the 80s, both women admitted that they had faked the images at first to trick their families, but got caught up in the flurry of responses. <laughs> and yeah, that's funny. It's really sad. It came out, I think how it came out was one of the, one of the girls was talking to a, a believer in fairies and kind of half said it, but then had to like go all in like, yeah, we made it up. And the other one was so mad at her I and would was be like, too. well, yeah, I guess the, the cat's out of the bag. We made it up. But <laughs> I mean, that was the greatest time of my life. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I we'll put pictures of that too, because they're still available. They're still out there. That's amazing. So this belief in fairies continued on by many and soon a club was formed for people like Blake though he was long gone by the time of its formation. It was for those that believed so much that they wanted to get to the bottom of this fairy business by holding meetings and taking in fairy encounter stories from any and everyone willing to share. Simon Young, the same folklorist I've, I've been kind of mentioning, who, by the way, has an extensive amount of work and study on fairies. So if you are interested, I got a good portion of my information from him and you should definitely look him up. He's got some good stuff out there. But he summed up the original Fairy Investigation Society pretty well. So I'll just... Con Continue to quote him here. The original Fairy Investigation Society was an organization that was set up in the United Kingdom in the 1920s by a bunch of bohemian eccentrics in London. It was necessary to believe in fairies to join the Fairy Investigation Society. And as I said above, they hosted meetings, put out papers, and as the name implies, investigated people's accounts of uh, encounters with the good people. There were many members, including some famous or well-known figures at the time. Captain Sir Quentin Crawford was a founder of the society and was actually a man of science in the early 20th century. He was an early pioneer in developing radio technology and had a hand in some pretty important inventions of wireless technology for the British Navy. He had an interest in communicating with the dead, which oh. is very interesting. Um, it, it led him to eventually have interest in fairies and uh, fairy encounters. He claimed to have used his radio to communicate with marsh elves on the outskirts of London <laughs> and even received a message from them uh, of a location of some buried treasure. Did he? If he found it, I'm not oh, sure. I did he find, find that the information, But if he did, that makes it so much more interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but I'd like to know. So he, along with several other fairy believers, founded the first fairy investigation society and met semi-regularly to do some investigating. The society was founded in 1927 and held meetings until 1939 when World War II began. And unfortunately, many of their documents uh, from that time were lost in the Blitz in London. Aww. But we do have a few of those, including a letter written to the society from someone who claimed to have had an experience. Ooh. She says, I was staying at an old house in Gloucester and the garden at the back ended in the forest of Birdlip Beaches, which covers part of the Cotswold Hills. It was before the days of the shingle and I had washed my hair and was drying it in the sunshine in the forest out of sight of the houses. Suddenly, I felt something tugging at my hair and I turned to look. A most extraordinary sight met my eyes. He was about nine inches high and the most dreadfully ugly, dreadfully misshapen, most wrinkled and tiniest mannequin I had ever seen. He was the color of dead aspen leaves, sort of yellow-brown with a high, squeaky voice. He was caught in the strands of my hair. 
He was struggling to escape, and he grumbled and complained all the time, telling me I had no right to be there, troubling honest folk, and that I might have strangled him with my hair. <laughs> Finally, he freed himself and disappeared. I mentioned my experience afterwards to a professor of Bristol University. He was not surprised and told me that Birdlip Beaches was one of the few places left where there, there were fairies. And no one could go there because of it. That's cute. I don't. I don't feel weird scary. about that one. Yeah, but like it seems like he was just like, rah, 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 rah. like why are he, you in here? Yeah, this is my he land. wasn't being like threatening. He was just like, oh, how dare you? And like, rah, 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 as I he walked off, that's cute. Her like walking, and he's just like, oh, like a spider web. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Lucky for fairy believers everywhere, the Fairy Investigation Society was started back up again in 1945 after the war had ended by hmm. a woman named Marjorie Johnson. They went right back to gathering fairy stories and conducting their own investigations on locations believed to be haunted by fairies of one kind or another. There were, once again, many well-known people who uh, were believers and members of the society, like one member who Simon Young called a sleeper, a sleeper member, who was actually Walt Disney. What? Walt Disney was a believer in fairies and even took a trip to England to do some searching of his own. That's really cool. <laughs> really cool and honestly makes sense when I think about it. Yeah. Like what he was... like. A very imaginative person yeah like, of course he was interested in fairies i don't know that just makes it like more real it's just because i you know, know who that person is yeah so johnson ran the fairy investigation society for many years and was even a driving force in one of the society's greatest works she started a collection of individual accounts of fairy experiences intermingled with a uh, collated fol folklore the fairy census still yeah. runs today and is constantly accepting new encounters so I'll leave a link um, in the description if you have a fairy encounter and you want to um, provide to the fairy census. They're constantly running. That's cool. There are uh, there have been two fairy censuses published thus far um, by way of the Fairy Inve Investigation Society and is just a basically a long list of stories compiled. Just wow. You go through and you just read story after story. I got several of my stories today from there. So I'll, I'll leave links to the to this as well because they're so interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. I'd also like to do another um, episode of just reading fairy stories, like a tea, like a tea party episode. If y'all are interested, let us know because I love to do that. These were so fun for me. Yeah, those are these are fun. These are really cute. They're not like threatening, like demons and scary stuff. So maybe after like a bunch of, if we do more scary episodes, we like can a have like a cleanser. Yeah, like a fun little fairy episode. I just wanted to end this episode with a few more encounters of a. That were fun and whimsical and a little wild. An instance was told me by a person who had the reputation of the utmost integrity. This man, being serious of disposing of a horse he had at that time no great occasion for, and riding him to market for that purpose, was accosted in passing over the mountains by a little man in a plain dress, who asked him if he would resell his horse. "'Tis the design I am going on,' replied the person who told me the story, on which the other desired to know the price. Eight pounds,' said he. "'No,' resumed the purchased. "'I will give no more than seven. Which, if you will take it, here is your money. The owner, thinking he had bid pretty fair, agreed with him, and the money being told out, the one dismounted and other got on the back of the horse, which he had no sooner done than both beast and rider sunk into the earth immediately, leaving the person who had made the margin in the utmost terror and consternation. <laughs> as soon as he had a little recovered himself, he went directly to the parson of the parish and related that had pat well, what had passed, desiring he would give him opinion whether he ought to make use of the money he had received or not. <laughs> <laughs> to which he replied that as he had made a fair bargain and no way circumvented nor endeavored to circumvent the buyer, he saw no reason to believe in this case it was an evil spirit. It could have any power uh, or could have any power over him. On this assurance, he went home well satisfied. Nothing after afterward happened to him. Uh, any disquiet concerning this affair. See, I wouldn't trust it either. That's real. Like, no, he's what? like, hey, can I buy your horse? Uh, sure. Here, here's your money. Gets on and just like, shump, right into the ground. No. I would have been dumbfounded. Just <laughs> that just rub my eyes. <laughs> like, did I just see what I think I saw? That's but yeah, insane. consulting your local clergy is always <laughs> a good idea. So here's one more. Um, I wanted to end on a happy note. This one came from the fairy census. Around August or September of 1991 in Cornwall, UK, whilst driving down a country road with hedgerows either side, traveling at a speed of around 45 to 50 miles per hour, something compelled me to look into the hedgerows. I saw a brown, leathery-skinned, very angry-looking old man standing about two and a half feet high, completely naked apart from a <laughs> loincloth-type clothing. He was pointing right at me with his index finger. What happened in an instant seemed to last forever. I then braked sharply, only to realize the road was falling sharply towards a seawall. 
If I hadn't braked, I would have driven over the seawall and over the cliff face as I was not on the road I thought I was. I had my then wife and baby son in the car with me. I, 40, considered this pixie to have saved our lives. Okay, so was it like a fairy or was it like kind of like, I don't know, like a fairy gnome? I, I think gnomes belong in the fairy category some kind and it was just kind of like his guardian angel that day yeah that's he was like hey watch it that's just (laughs) i mean period (laughs) that's a little scary i but also like thanks fairy man yeah no that's cool that's cool i like that i like the stories where they do something nice and not like kidnap your children yeah no because that's horrifying yeah that was honestly the scariest part of me (laughs) researching this but i love that story I i thought it was beautiful yeah that's cute so Opinion on fairies? Where do you stand? I think I'm still on the the skeptical side just mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't know that I believe in creatures yeah. per se. I mean, I think the stories are fun. I like them. I like the little positive ones, even the ones where they're like, meh, 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 like being like rude. I think that's funny, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I still don't know. I'm very, I'm still on the fence. This is fun. I like to talk yeah. about it. I think it's a fun little topic. I would like to do more stories on it just to hear the fun little encounters, but people lie. People can lie. Yeah. So I'm still for funsies. Don't sue me, but I just think meh. it was fun. I am also on the fence. I don't know. I like, I like to think that they're out yeah. there. I think that's really cool it's fun. and sweet and, and makes life more interesting. Yes. I don't know. I think I might have to see it before I believe I was going to say, this is kind of that one. It's like, I'd have to see. Yeah. I'd Honestly, have to see my okay. Encounter. So, I don't know if I believe, but if I walked onto a fairy ring or some kind of fairy place, I don't think I'd take the risk of stepping into the no. fairy ring. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> think so like, either. Maybe not. Maybe you are, maybe not, but I'll just be on my way. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't mess chance. with it. Just because yeah. I wouldn't mess with anything, really. But I don't know. So what does that what does that mean? I think we are skeptical <laughs> believers. I guess so. We're not quite in the fairy uh, investigation society, but I think we're on our way. No, but it was fun. <laughs> this was fun. It was very fun. And this is where we'll leave you today. So if you enjoyed these stories, leave a comment down below and maybe we'll do a fairies part two. I think that would be a lot of fun. Just tea party fashion where we tell each other stories back and forth. Please like this video and subscribe if you haven't already. Rate and review if you're listening on podcast. And follow us on Instagram at Ghosties Pod if you uh, would like to see some fairy photos. I'll, I might post them in the video too, but yeah. if I can remember. <laughs> but send us your own spooky encounters by email or your fairy encounters at g- uh, ghostiespod at gmail.com. We're so excited to be going on this adventure with you guys. Don't forget your slice of homemade bread in your pockets next time you... <laughs> Uh, have the desire to go frolicking in the woodlands and uh, we'll see you next Monday. Bye!